So as I said to Carson, famous last words. Hopefully this is not going to take too long. From the poorly driven sports cars of cinema, this is the Uncut Gems podcast, a weekly show where we talk about movies nobody else wants to talk about. This is episode number 21, and my name is Jakob. This podcast is now legally old enough to drink, and my name is Carson. I don't have anything funny, so I'm Ewan. Well, depends where you live, I I suppose. We we have been legally drinking in here since episode 18. Uh, and I suppose Germans have been doing it since episode 16, so I think solo. Hello. <laughs> You'll, yeah, after, the, after that one, probably should have taken a drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, last week, what, what did we do? We did a double bill where we trained our guns at Runaway Train and Unstoppable, so make sure to listen to it because it was a lot of fun. And by the way, I was finishing the edit and I was looking for clips for Runaway Train. So you know, when you're listening to this, there's going to be a clip for the Runaway Train. And I put the speech uh, that um, John Voigt gives when Eric Roberts just tells him, oh, I'm going to just, uh, the jobs we're going to do, banks we're going to rob, and he just tells him to get a job. And I'm just thinking, wow, I actually, uh, I, I find myself thinking about this movie more and more i don't know i need to rethink this i don't know this 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 thing's growing on me but then again you know i have weird film choices like this is this is now a fact like (laughs) i'm not even gonna pretend this is this is weird anyway so unstoppable and runaway train available for you to listen to and to indulge in absolute awesomeness that's on that you know on wheels and, and trains and whatever rails so now this week we're leaving the train station and our and getting into our fancy cars to talk about how Needham, 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 Needham. I need, I need, I need a spell check in here. How do you pronounce it? I think it's just Needham. Needham. To talk about how Needham's the Cannonball Run. Still on ice. I don't think he. I don't think. I don't think he's above the either. Don't you worry, son. I'm gonna lose him right up here at the motel. Hey, I remember. There's a spot. There, there, there's a spot in right in back. And it's the perfect spot to hide. Alright, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Take a take a left. Oh hell. Take a left. Left. I can't see shit, can you? No problem, sir. No I know, but the only problem we got now is we have to go and retune it. All right? Let's go get a beer first. Yeah, let's go get a beer. Based on the real cannonball challenge, a 3,000-mile illegal race from Connecticut to L.A. or the other way around. I think they do it. They used to do it like one year that way, the other one that way. 
The Cannibal Run is a star-studded spectacle starring Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Sammy Davis Jr., Farah Fawcett, Roger Moore, Jackie Chan, Adrian Barbeau, Jack Elam, and many, 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 many more people where a bunch of folks get into cars and race each other, engage in lewd shenanigans and impromptu fisticuffs um, to get through to the finish line and bag the title of the Cannonball Run champion. So having grown bored by being a stuntman, Hal Needham transitioned into film directing and debuted with Smokey and the Bandit, which was which we kind of touched upon, I think, in our Convoy episode, which is... I think episode number three so get on that if you haven't listened to this because i think we had alina in there and by, by the way alina should, alina should come back in here because there's you know like it's too much testosterone in, in in here um anyway if you're listening to this alina come back the water's fabulous um it's gone anyway. downhill since you left to be clear it really well, has yeah <laughs> uh i'm not even kidding <sighs> where was i well, anyways, um, almost all of his filmmaking output was hence kind of colored by the idea of filming people in fast cars. And, and I'm not even kidding. This is not a hyperbole. They're doing different things like robbing banks, I don't know, racing. And then most of them start Burn Reynolds, by the way. So, if, And if you know anything about anything, then you'll know that Reynolds was a massive box office pull. So it's not difficult to imagine that Needham became a bit of a successful filmmaker as a result. Interestingly, he participated in the 1979 Cannibal Run himself, which might have been the last there was. I'm not sure I haven't checked. Together with the writer, Albert Ruddy, I think they, they, were, they were driving a van that actually made its appearance into the film. Um, and they together decided to make a movie about this experience. Interestingly, they first wanted to get Steve McQueen to start in the whole thing. Who, and this whole thing uh, was supposed to be an action thriller, but, you know, Poor man died in 1980, and Needham got his old friend Burt Reynolds to kind of just um, substitute, and they turned this into a comedy, or so they thought. Um, they somehow managed to convince a whole laundry list of star starlet TV personalities and comedians to participate in this project, and they made the Cannonball Run. The film was produced on a $16 million budget and became a box office hit. I'm not even kidding. It was the third highest grossing movie in America behind Superman 2 and um, Stripes. And the sixth worldwide with Raiders of the Lost Ark and on Golden Pond and Arthur coming ahead of it as, as well, including the Star well, Superman 2 and Stripes as well. So audiences loved it. They loved it enough. Needham made not one but two sequels, but crucially, the critics absolutely fucking hated it with a passion. The film was panned mercilessly. mercilessly. They, so here's my opening question. Where do you stand on the Cannonball Run? Are you with the audiences who seemed enamored with what the film had to offer, or are you with the critics on this one? Ewan, how about you go first? Oh, God, I'm with the critics on this one. This one was dreadful. I think a lot of it stems from I don't really like this sort of humor. My humor's, I don't know, not this. I, I, I don't really know what sort of humor this is. It's kind of a mess. A lot of it depends on the ensemble, which... I get is, you know, oh, well, look, there's Dean Martin, oh, look, there's Roger Moore and all sorts of stuff like that. I think my biggest issue with it is it's just not for me. I, I but but that's, I, I, in most cases, at least I can understand that it's like, oh, it might be this for this person or this person. I have no idea who this film is for. It's it's just such a non-entity. It's, it's got nothing that's inherently funny. It's got nothing that would I, we could consider quality. It's just an amalgamation of a lot of different characters who are meant to be just whatever coming together and Reynolds leads them through the box office and gets them a lot of money. It's 
just so boring. It's there are little pockets like the James Bond Roger Moore jokes that are kind of oh yes, you can see why they're doing that because Roger Moore is James Bond. Aside from that, it's just nonsense, and it's kind of the issue I have with Needham as a director is that his constant collaborations with Burt Reynolds were just sort of look how fast cars can go, look at what dastardly things they're getting up to, by the end of it, everyone happy. It's it's just so predictable and simple, and it's it's very easy to make things funny, and just, this just isn't it. It's got such a good concept, and it, I feel like it inspired that Rat Race film with Seth Seth Green and Rowan Atkinson and John Cleese. That was good. It was better than this. Oh wow! Okay. What I'm, what I'm, okay. I, I'm gonna go next because you know I can't, I can't wait. Like I'm gonna, it feels like I, like, I just need to say this. I had to check because I, I like sometimes I don't know because I, 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 I used to look up to Roger Ebert when I was, um, when I was growing up, and then I'm still look up to him because he writes like, well, he used to write like an absolute fucking baller. Now, <laughs> he starts his review by, and I quote, saying. The Cannibal Run is an abdication of artistic responsibility at the lowest possible level of ambition. I absolutely agree with this man. Like, there's, I can, you know me, I'm a glass half full kind of person. Like, you've spent 20 episodes listening to this. I mean, you guys have spent quite a little bit more listening to my to my shit on Clappercast as well. And then, you know that I look for for the best in films, even even the films that are borderline crap, but. I honest to God, I was wondering, I'm looking at this for 90 minutes and I'm wondering what, what am I going to talk about? What is, what what, what am I going to do here? Because there's absolutely nothing positive I have to say about this. It's unfun. It's, it's, I can take the stunts. I can take the races. I don't care. Like, because you know, whatever, but if this is supposed to be a comedy and I, and you know, it's a comedy because at the end there's outtakes, there's, there's, you know, little, um, you know, uh, blooper reel, which apparently Hal Needham was one of the first people to actually do on the Smokey and the Bandit too. I looked it up. I'm not sure who actually did the first one in history, but I think he was one of the pioneers of the field of um, showing how much fun they had on set. Like if they, this is how much fun they had on set making this, it doesn't translate to me at all. Like this is such an unfunny comedy. And when a comedy is unfunny, it's a cardinal sin. Like it's, you go to hell for not, for making an unfunny comedy. And then, um, like it, 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 this is what it is. I mean, there are certain things that that are kind of just, you know, like I chuckled at and was like, oh yeah, that's funny, but but you you have to sit sift through like a whole diarrhea of unfunny jokes with just clumps of 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 real lewd humor that's just inappropriate, and then. And then a plot that doesn't add up to nothing. I'm, I'm hopefully we're gonna we're gonna get into it because someone someone will have to explain to me what exactly happens in this film because I did like I watched this two days ago and I have still have no idea what's going on. So yeah, this is by far the worst thing I've seen for this show. <laughs> and then this may be one of the worst things I've seen in recent memory. So that's my opening gambit. Yeah, take it away, Carson. <laughs> okay. 
I want to give everyone a little hint, a little look behind the curtain here. Earlier this week, you texted the group chat, man, I hope I can find a good angle for this. or I'll have absolutely nothing good to say. This is coming from the man who likes Congo and spent hours defending Congo on a podcast. So I obviously was not excited for this film, sat down this morning to watch it, had, you know, just dreading the experience. I've been putting it off all week. I like Cannonball Run. This is a fun fucking film. (laughs) Y'all, I don't get how you can come on here. Both of you, Ewan, you're not fucking free free here. And you see the dumbest shit you show. And you show just the shittiest films where it's like the first 10 minutes makes me want to claw my eyes out. This film is so fucking fun. And yeah, it's sure. It's not. It's no Jaws, right? Let's not be. Let's be clear here. It's not necessarily a great, you know perfect film but it has it works on multiple levels i would even say that number one you have the nat first off i'll say it takes a long time to get going once you get i think it's like 20 minutes in and the race starts multiple levels number one you have the natural dynamic of it being a race and you have the teams you're rooting for and oh they look this person had this detour here but this person's making up ground here naturally intriguing naturally fun to watch who's gonna win natural competition you have all these different teams and they granted uh, you know let's be clear it's this part you know from its time not a lot of them held up well from pc standards but these teams are all unique they're all charismatic they all have the different little dynamics they have and then they have all these modifications to the cars and some of them even plot like james bond weapons and you just get the fun of like how are they gonna do that oh shit the license plate changed oh shit they have infrared cameras like it is so fun to watch this movie and like the acting it's not like always great when i say it's like it's just so fun it's so charismatic this film just was a blast i don't get how you could watch this film and i feel like i'm in like the right here because there's a natural draw natural charisma natural talent to this considering it's a real thing people still i don't know if we're gonna get into it like over covid they had a huge resurgence in people doing the cannonball run across america people clearly like this and i mean even going back to convoy i'm happy you mentioned convoy but i don't think any like you know, social commentary and this is good, like Convoy, there's still that natural sense of like defiance of authority and overcoming authority and using authority as a weapon. And like, that's so fun. I don't get how, yeah, and I see my name changed. I'm fine being the cannonball lover. I'm totally fine with that. Cause you know what? It means I have taste unlike y'all. Uh, no, y'all are like completely wrong here. I just can't believe you didn't have fun. You give so- shitty films so much fucking like, you know, oh, whatever. I know... I know it's Congo, but oh, you see, they're trying to do something with the gorilla. Fuck you. This film is so fun. And you are objectively, I would say, almost wrong to be like, this sucks. You have no taste. You have no sense of fun. Maybe it's because you're both not from America and maybe Americans just know how to have fun compared to you. You live in this fucking miserable island of clouds and sadness. But like, fuck you. Cannonball Run. Great film. I dare I say one of the best films, one of the most fun films I've watched for this podcast, which normally has just shit on it. So y'all are wrong. I don't care. <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling that this is a, when you say, oh, can I go last? <laughs> I, th- I thought um, I had an inkling. Okay. He's, he's going to love this. Well, then, then I, I tried. Was... I had, had to. I tried to play up to you before the camera. I was like, oh, so sad. I couldn't watch can Like, lol, what a shitty no. film. I've definitely oh. wanted this talk. I was, I was secretly hoping that this one person would be on like the cannonball team in here <laughs> because I kind of like I, I, when I messaged you guys on Slack and said like I don't know if I'll have anything positive to say I kind of feel like this is kind of my job 
to sort of like make sure that the conversation is kind of going sometimes to kind of stimulate it every now and again. And if we all hate something, there's not going to be much to talk about. And I'm like, holy shit, like how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to wrap this in like an hour or so? I don't know. Is there a conversation to be had in here? Are we going to talk about how the how, how the audience has changed over time? No, we don't have to. The audiences are still there. <laughs> I mean, this is such a, I mean, I know what you just said. You're just like, I don't know, taking jabs at my expense, whatever. I know. I even checked on Letterbox. Um, Congo has a mean um, um, score of 2.4, whereas the Cannibal Run has a score of I 2. came 9. into that podcast stressed thinking I had COVID. <laughs> and I got told I was wrong because I didn't like the fucking badly put together gorilla drinking no, martinis. No one, no one told you it's were an, wrong. It's an ape, don't, let's, it's an ape let's not gas, way, Let's yeah. not gaslight me here and be like, we've always <laughs> fair. I thought I was dying that day. And in my dying day, my last day on earth, I thought... I got told that this ape movie was good. But you didn't die. And see, there you go. <laughs> a good thing, because I could watch Cannibal Run afterwards, you know? No, have you ever, have, is this your first time watching Cannibal Run? Oh, yeah. I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. So you might as well, do, do, you might as well watch the sequel, because the sequel is just as good. <laughs> I plan on it. <laughs> no, but I, I was on it. Okay. How, how do I, how, there was something I wanted to ask you. On, based on how much you love this, I mean, I'm fine with people loving what I what I don't love, and then with people hating what hating what I love. Like, but it's part of the allure of the show that there will be a difference of, of opinion, and then we're nailing this again. <laughs> but um, there's how and when you say this film has has an this uh, idea or well, identity of a race that, that for half of it I had no idea they were still interested in having the race. Like I was like, are, are, are we still are we still doing this? And at the end, they were like, oh yeah, might as well punch out at the end. Okay, let's do this. And then you know, and someone else does it. And I just clearly didn't care. Got to mention, there's also the human parts. That's the best part about it. It's not just a race. Then they give them time to like breathe and talk as characters and flesh out like their humanity. So it also works on that oh, level. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You can't like in the back of the ambulance when she's like, "Why do you race? Why do you care?" Or like when they're in the, uh, the multiple times they're in the ambulance together, just talking, and it just breeds on them driving and thinking and having a conversation. Like it's so good. This I really do not good. want to know the thought process of a man called Captain Chaos. I just I'm not interested in what Dom DeLuise, who all I knew him <laughs> from was the Super Mario Brothers show that I used to watch as a kid. I've still got it on DVD. But every time I need a bit of Dom DeLuise, I go to that, not a Cannonball Run. I think I do agree with you when you said, Carson, that it was a culture thing. I do think it's because me and Jakob are from not America. <laughs> so, from not America. From not also, America. It's a continent. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same continent, apparently. But I think, yeah, a, a lot of it in, in the Cannonball Run and especially Needham's other works, it's kind of like very Americanized. And I just... It doesn't put me off because there are comedies that I do like from America, but it's just a whole broad topic. They're not as good as UK comedies. And it's kind of, it's hard to filter one style of comedy into the other. So I'm going into this watching like Peep Show and Father Ted and like Black Books. And then I go into this and I see like Dom DeLuise wearing a mask yelling, I'm Captain Chaos. And he's, you know, a, a lot of it is just kind of parody and spoof and I can get away with that to a degree I understand that it's like the James Bond joke at the start when he pulls the gun on it I think it's his mother and he shoots it and it says bang that's that's good that's a throwaway gag 
nothing else though. I, I I'm struggling to figure out one why Dean Martin decided that the Cannonball Run and the two sequels after it were the last ones of his career because he retired after those. Didn't and he die? Or <laughs> if you end with a masterpiece, how do you overcome <laughs> it? You know? Let me check just in case. I think he, he, he died. He, re- he retired and then died. Oh, that t- that tends to be the system. Well, well, it's, n- it's never going to be the other way around. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I mean, Elvis first died and then retired. He did. Oh no, he, he died he... in 1995. Okay. Who, Elvis? No, Dean oh. Martin. Elvis retired on, died on the toilet. He died on the toilet. He did. Like, he... I want Bohemian Rhapsody sort of a style biopic with him dying on the toilet at the end. <laughs> and... He just says thank you very much, and his heart gives out, and he collapses over on himself. The burger in one hand, the guitar in the other. Just I, I kind of want Dexter Fletcher to kind of just apply this sort of aesthetic at, at, at the end with just a swelling violence as he goes. <laughs> and you don't know if he's if, if he's constipated and then he's playing this. Oh, he's having a heart attack. That's it. And it's, anyway, Cannonball It's, it's going to win someone an Oscar. <laughs> the closest we've got so far Kurt is Russell. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what was, what was I saying? Um, yeah, oh, so you couldn't believe how Dean, Mar- Dean Martin got convinced to uh, to make this his last film. No, he didn't equal. just convince himself that this should be his last like series, but he also said to Sammy Davis Jr., "You might enjoy this," and he brought him along as well. But they got Sinatra for the second for for the second one, by the way, and they got an orangutan to drive one car. You like didn't Congo. like that one though. It had a monkey or an ape in it. You would love that. That's your thing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Oh my goodness, this is like because wait, I'm that act- sounds great. I'm actively <laughs> watching Cannonball Run, and I'm thinking to myself, Carson's going. If he, if Carson loves this, and there's a good chance he might, because he he likes what I don't like, he's gonna tell me a new one because I will I will not be able to defend myself. Saying, "Oh, I like Congo, which is just as much as a pile of shit that I just happen to like," <laughs> which I find funny, and then, and then here we are. I'm sorry, but the Cannonball Run is your Congo. <laughs> Look, I think also Co- Congo was also a massive box office box office hit. Like these two films are simpatical, dude. But which one got a sequel? Which one did they say that's so good? Congo didn't again. need a sequel. Everything Congo. you need is in that one film. I've watched exactly. a lot of mil- movies with monkeys in them. No I know one... what I'm talking about when it comes down to monkey business in cinema. No, no one right? wanted to pay Michael Crichton another 20 million for writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me a lot of the Cannonball Run, not Congo. It reminds me a lot of. Have you ever watched Wacky Races from that 60s yes, cartoon? I was thinking this. This is like the perils of Pen- yeah. Penelope Pitstop. <laughs> it's it, it's Wacky Races, but without like the the cool characters the fun? and fun gangs. <laughs> It's kind of just, it, it's Wacky Races if Wacky Races was just the driving. But there isn't much driving in there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. I mean, they, they've... But I, I had this feeling, like I'm watching this and I have a feeling that this has the end, like, have, okay, this may be, okay, well, come, quickly responding to the little not American thing. I don't know, I can't remember if, if for the Convoy episode I was the only person who watched Smokey and the Bandit for this. I think Alina also did. Okay. See, Smokey and the Bandit and this are very much alike. But Smokey and the Bandit works for me for some reason. Like it makes sense that like, there is a more streamlined sort of story to this. There is a um there's a love interest, sort of there's a there's there's some kind of a relationship building between two people in the car and whatever. Is it parody? Because this is like clearly parody. 
Right. Um, it kind of goes in like the 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 cops in the in. I, I will tell you this much. It's kind of like the Cannonball Run is trying to go a few notches above Smokey and the Bandit. I have a feeling like they all they, oh, they there's quite a lot of funny stuff in there, but it's um like it's it pays it pays more attention to stunts and car crashes and stuff like this. In here, it's more it's it's like a Benny Hill sort of remake of Smokey and the Bandit like or and when, whenever they go into like I, I applaud people for convincing Peter Fonda to kind of be a biker in there and then just having for like exactly 30 seconds but like it like the little brawls that they have that they have like they ruin stuff it's like I don't know if you've if they if these films are popular in America uh back where I come from they used to be popular for for a brief period of time that, but I think they're Italian um, the Bud Spencer and Terence Hill comedies, which is there's a big fat guy and there's a small skinny blonde guy, and then they basically just walk into places and they get themselves into trouble and they just punch the shit out of everyone. That's the that's the and they have like twenty films together. Like, I kid you not, like <laughs> they're like Laura and Hardy with just punching people in the face and then throwing them out the windows, just brilliant. But but yeah, so I had a feeling that this had this sort of energy, especially when you think in, in the beginning, like when they have uh, this Lamborghini kind of just like evading the police and it's all sped up. So it kind of feels like, is this on purpose? Like, I don't know. It's very, it's very odd. But yeah. So, but then again, since you love this, can you please explain this to me? Well, it's just fun. What is this film it's about? Like, can, single... What's going what on mean, in there? What is it? I don't know what you mean by what it's about, because I feel like I don't get how you don't know the plot. Of, like they're racing. From one side of the country to the other, got the plot. We figured yeah, it out. Well, there's there's a guy who, because I, I, I kid you not, I watched this, I ingested it okay, through my yep. eyes, and I retained absolute fuck all. Okay. <laughs> well, that's well, you, that's because number one, you're a bad critic. Number two, you take bad notes, but that's fine. I didn't even kidding, take notes. I was love you, saying... Jacob. I'm kidding, Jacob. You told me to rant. Before. <laughs> so everyone's like... aware right before this, he said I need to rant more and be rude more so that I he um, can get clips. There you go. I don't. I didn't so... say you need to be rude more. I I, um, I said you need to be more passionate. Just put, well, you know, I, I, I'm like George Lucas in here. Do it again, but with more intensity. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I don't get like, OK, wait, so continue. What were you saying? What was I saying? Um, you didn't understand the plot. I didn't. Uh, yeah, because I, I watched this and I literally retained zero things. I had to rewind yeah. and then go spot spot check the Blu-ray and then figure out, OK, well, this is what happened here. OK, I completely forgot about this. And they had to read the Wikipedia entry to kind of make sense of everything because it was just I watched it with my brain switched off. OK, well, again, there's all these characters and they're taking they're starting in one side of the country and they're going to the other. And that's yeah, that, I got that. Yeah. OK. Yep. yep. With you. But no, there's. Okay. <laughs> so I'm confused. What, what, what part what, of it uh, you're confused by? Because it seems like you got it then. Okay. Do you think that the real ambulance drivers is that like confusing? Because they're not. Everyone's uh, using a gimmick. I, I don't Everyone's using how, a gimmick to get across country quicker. How does the, how does the Dr. Van Helsing get in there? That's one thing. Which, by the way, he's like one of the highlights of the film to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just weird, but it's it's kind of like in the second one. He's I, see, weirder. I think you're looking at this too, like. This is obviously a par. This is a parody. Like it's not trying to be a fucking like I masterpiece. Know, I know, but it's kind of like a parody. And it's just I'm supposed to be. You like? Do you watch it. SNL and you're like, wait, how did that character from that skit get to the? Like it's not. 
harder. Well, I get it. Together. But then like, it's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be fun. Like if, everyone's if, a stereotype. When, everyone's over the top. Everyone is trying to be stupid. But like you're like, yeah. I mean, the sheik. How the does sheik it being work? Called Abdul bin Falafel. That's funny. Did you do like form formulas to be like, hold on, if they went that speed, they wouldn't actually get there until this time. It doesn't, and the sun is at this trajectory, so that means it's not five oh no, eight p.m. Like, how does you, that make sense? You you say this is a race, and I'm like, okay, well, the agent Bobo <laughs> is kind of just st- getting stopped uh, by a police officer. And then they, they, oh, they show them their, their boobs, and it's like it's all better now. And then for, uh, yeah, because uh, that would stop their time. They had to show they showed that they all have strats to getting through quicker. If you get yeah, pulled over by police and arrested, I, that stops you. I had no idea who was ahead, like who was winning at which point. I had no idea. I mean, okay, sure. That I could see you getting a little bit confused. I don't think it really matters that much. It's not oh, okay. NASCAR. So I was, I was not. I was trying to overthink it. <laughs> I would say so okay. with peace and love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want like a little Mario Kart in the bottom, where, like they show where everyone is. Like that, maybe that would have helped no, you. No, like when I watch it, I don't know. And like, remember, like wasn't that great when he turned the police against the priest? And like, that's a strategy. Strats, Jacob, come on. When, but no, I had the, to, I had to read up in Wikipedia to remind myself. Oh yeah, they 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 told them that they were communists because I completely forgot about yeah. this. But yeah, see a strat because then that would slow them down in their competition. <laughs> don't get what like you wouldn't just so you just know, don't find the parody funny I don't know. what it sounds to me is that you didn't find the parody funny so then you were like well fuck the parody i'm gonna try to look past the parody but there's nothing past the parody well, so then you found an empty and frustrating experience see, well there is a little bit i like i said i really do i'm sh- i'm do you see any convoy in this because i saw a lot of convoy but it's like convoy if convoy oh, was trying like, to be like, mainly a parody like with like without like if convoy wasn't a social commentary i think it'd be close well i mean see that's convoy the thing though, like smoking the a... bandit and takes the social commentary away no but like but also keeps like a sliver of it in its underbelly because there's like a sliver here and there of a social yeah. commentary the whole communist thing the whole like rejecting authority i mean it's not at all like convoy okay, i'm well, not saying it's to the level of convoy i'm just saying like a sliver in the underbelly okay. to like at least you can point to the two okay. being at least semi oh yeah i know <laughs> you and did you understand what was happening in the film I, I sort of clocked out mentally when you both started speaking there. <laughs> I heard something about cars. I think there's a race. And I don't know if there is or not. I I thought I knew. But after hearing you both speak about whether or not there's a race, I'm not convinced there was. See, Do you people watch you NASCAR want... and you're like, are they racing? We don't have NASCAR not, here. We, we only have, have tennis. Here. And by the way, we do you watch form... tennis and you wonder if like, are they playing tennis? No, but like, you... yes, because you no, can see I know. But see, you watch, you, you watch Formula One, which actually it's a bit more complex than NASCAR because it's not yeah, like, I'm they're not making a left NASCAR. turn. They're making a left turn. <laughs> when you watch, Le... but you know you, who's ahead. When you hear about Le Mans, are you like, are they racing? Like, no shit, they're racing. It's a fucking race. Well, no one watches Le Mans. Like, it's a whole day. No, They did in Ford v. Ferrari. The correct title of that name. He watched it. He watched it for like 48 hours, that child. Noah Jupe did. Yeah. And if Noah Jupe does, maybe you should also, you know? In all fairness, Ford v. Ferrari, or as we like to call it here, Le Mans 66 is amazing. (laughs) Someone needs to edit um, Ford v. Ferrari title. Noah Jupe be watching Cannonball Run 2 specifically. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I'll I'll be perfectly honest here. Um, there is stuff above the parody. I mean, I didn't really pay attention to the social commentary because I think I was trying to kind of figure out 
because to okay you see these guys in the stock car right like the, in the nascar car the two the mm-hmm. call them i, I don't know call, call them like little sort of texans i don't know because they have really fucking thick accents right i don't know the yeehaw sort of guys and i'm just thinking are they supposed to be like the dukes of hazard and then like you see roger Moore, oh is he is he, he's obviously james james bond so is this whole film like, am I am I looking for popular pop cultural references in here? Oh, Fire Fawcett and Charlie's Angels. Oh, like, oh, this. It, it, so, is this what I'm doing here? Like, is this what I'm supposed? to I think to it's do? more the stereotypes than specifically the pop culture. I think the pop culture, those icons, like, is popularized and continue their stereotypes. But it's, I, th- I would say, it's more about the stereotypes and the characters. Right. Maybe I should actually rewatch this because, like, fucking hell, I clearly didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like just nothing to get so to be like i it's just i mean i'm that like valid i'm not like no, shitting on you it's, it's like, just like i don't get how you can watch and like i didn't get it because it's like there, it's clearly there's not that much to get no 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 it's not that <laughs> it's, I, it's not brainless that I, entertainment no I, I yeah this is what i didn't get like i, I sat down thinking oh I, it's just another smoky and the bandit or like i was in a diff in a wrong frame of mind on a sure. different frequency and then you know me when we sit down to these conversations i'm not sitting down in here thinking I'm fucking correct, and I'm gonna convince people I'm correct. So like, no, I'm open to changing my mind. Like, that's you know. Have I changed your mind on some Cannonball Run? You, you actually, you actually might convince me to watch it again. I'll put it this way. Because well, you're not Blu-ray now. I do have a Blu-ray. <laughs> you bought <laughs> it twice, technically. Good on you. But it twice. But by the time, by the time people listen, listen to this, hopefully the the other one's gonna be shipped off to someone who's about to. Because uh, we're, I don't know. As we're recording this, I think there's like three hours left on the giveaway. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, no, but <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself: like, is am I? Is this what I'm missing? Like, because like I didn't find the comedy funny. Like, as in, like I was Captain Chaos fucking annoyed me. I mean, there's. I mean, I didn't like Captain Chaos. I mean, that's just not and my Captain style of comedy USA? either. Woof. But like, I, I get that, and like, if the comedy's not your thing. Right, like if you truly find this film unfunny, then the, you know it's not the film for you, just very clearly. But um, I mean, I found, I I think that wasn't my style of comedy. But most of it worked. I don't know, like I wouldn't say this was great. I wouldn't show this to anybody. But like I had fun watching it. I think it was a very watchable experience for one time. I'll probably never watch it again. But like oh. I don't know, it was fun. Am I gonna watch the sequel? Well, I might watch it again. I might, yeah. I wouldn't like say no to watching it again. I just wouldn't turn it on. But I think that's more just like I watch a lot of films, so I'm too busy. But like, I wouldn't be again. If my friend was like, "I'm watching Cannibal Run," I'd be like, "Yeah, sure, I'm in." I mean, like, I suppose you're not gonna rewatch rewatch it on your own volition because of uh, fear of missing out, <laughs> or because it's like I should be, I could be watching something else, and I'm rewatching Cannibal Run. <laughs> I mean, sure. I just, I, I don't really rewatch. I, yeah. I mean, we don't need to get into my personal psyche of watching films while Ewan is over there with like his schedule. I the schedule keeps me grounded, right? No, it's good. It's I'm I know not, what I'm doing. It's good. I got to watch Risky Business today. It was great. It was better than Cannonball Run. Well, it was better. I don't know. I, I, oh, but oh, then no. again, Rebecca, Rebecca De Mornay, woof. What I just you, really almost just say Risky Business is better is worse than the film that you have nothing good to say about. <laughs> No, I mean, that's a take. I don't. I don't think I remember liking to it too much. It was. It, it's like a. It has this weird energy of like the revenge of the nerds. Like it's. It's almost kind of weirdly inappropriate for our time. Um, but yeah. Anyway, 
Anyway. Can I just say quickly, I said I enjoyed Dom DeLuise in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show earlier. Mm-hmm. I meant um, Lou Albano, not Dom DeLuise, who I know from The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brother with Gene Wilder, which is actually quite a good film. It's better than you Cannonball know, Run. Can I say, Lou Albano would be better in this film, I think, than him. He'd be fantastic. That'd be great. Uh, he was a great Mario. He'd be a great Captain Chaos. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about this and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, okay I don't even know I feel like we're watching like I don't know if anyone watched Bo Burnham inside and we don't need to talk about like the actual film itself, but you can see throughout that film like Bo like kind of mentally breaking down I feel like watching Jakob here like reconsider his thoughts on the cannonball run we're getting a very similar experience possibly, I mean I'm not even going <laughs> to kid, kid you now because it's it's like okay I believe that all films are children and they deserve to be loved by someone. And then I don't like the idea of not liking something because there's, there's, there's almost always a redeeming feature in something, unless it's a goodbye to language or the image book by Jean-Luc Godard, which is like, fucking no, no, take it away. But, um, (laughs) but, but I'm like, I'm trying to, see this as um, or maybe this is it maybe because for some reason wink wink some someone has asked to uh, for us to compile a top 100 top 100 movies and i'm just trying to um mentally look through my list and i don't think i have too many comedies so maybe that i'm just geared not not geared towards comedy very well maybe that's I it i genuinely <laughs> you thought you were fun. gonna say that this was gonna put you maybe he's come from the uk maybe i have a thing when i'm you know maybe no. i was saying the truth but i genuinely no, but thought you were gonna it, say that this was gonna make it on the list somehow like this may be it like i may have like three comedies in there in total two maybe i think comedy is really hard to do i mean comedy is i probably the hardest I think it also it really depends on like how you watch it. It's probably one of the hardest genres to pull off, but also like, especially if you're watching it alone, I think comedy is really difficult to hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's definitely a part of it. I think being like watching this with a crowd or with a bunch of friends helps. And also, there's there's the idea I think of there's comedies you grew up watching that kind of shape your sensitivity towards comedy. And if sensibilities kind of shift. Then you're like not gonna find any good comedies in what's going on now because what what you like is no longer popular. It's it's just weird. And that doesn't help Cannonball Run in general. Like I don't think this movie is one. I mean, we talk about films that re, like like the process is like, do you need to check them out? Do you need to reevaluate them? I think for most people, the answer for this is just no. If you have to include the line "We're racers, not rapists," like clearly this has not aged well, right? No. Like in nearly <laughs> any aspect. I mean, the so, old older women are basically objects. Like they're, they they kidnap a woman. <laughs> they kidnap a woman. I mean, Farrah Fawcett's always kind of just dressed in a way that's that's always I, I can see this woman's nipples at all times. I mean, and that's this is somebody's decision to dress her that way, right? Or Adrian Barbo is just always oh, yes. It's just it's it's just like once is enough, okay? <laughs> but then they do it all the time. It's just like too much. I have a feeling that this is like this is again like 1941. Like this is this is a comedy, maybe written and directed by someone who didn't quite have the com- comedic chops. Because I don't think Hal Needham, ex stuntman turned director who, who who directed exactly one type of films, films about stuntmen in cars, 
had the comedic chops. I don't know. I think the comedy kind of happened because you just got like 60 people who were just riffing and they were just burning film stock as far as I'm concerned. When Because you know, judging by the blooper reel, they, this, there's probably hours of shit in that. It's yeah. kind of like if, if you look at the late 70s and the early 80s for comedy and stuff, it was all sort of broadly PG sex appeal, maybe verging on a 12 rating to get as many people in seats as possible. So it's stuff like Police Academy and Smokey and the Bandit and that sort of... Yeah, and the Dukes of Hazard and stuff like that. It's I I understand that brand of humour and I understand why people like it, but I grew up watching stuff like Airplane, which came out a year before Cannonball Run. I think that's one of the best comedies ever made. Mm -hmm. But it's so wildly different to what Cannonball Run offers, which is... Not a bit more intellectual, as in like yeah. it kind of asks you to kind of just okay. There's there's weird there's weird goofs in there, but there's there's a layer of some of 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 humor that it has like... more than one layer. And I understand yeah. the the appeal of having just one layer of comedy because I think Postal's a fantastic comedy. The Uwe Ball film, I think it's fantastic. Oh, I'm looking forward to this now. It's another film I'll just go the... through my eyes and out my asshole immediately. The I amazing just... thing about Postal, I think, is. It's whole shtick, it's whole comedy is, let's just see how far we can push it, whether or not it's funny. And I, I, I kind of appreciate that side of comedy, stuff like Dirty Work and Freddy Got Fingered and things like that. Guest House Paradiso is one of them as well. Th- that branch of comedy, I don't know why it appeals to me, but I just think it's so fascinating to see filmmakers and artists just go full throttle, see what they can do. And usually it's a disaster, and I like watching those sort of disasters unfurl. With Cannonball Run... I think the issue here for me is that it's just one note of comedy through it. It never changes from that note. It's a lot of different characters, yes. They've got a lot of different portrayals from Roger Moore to Burt Reynolds, Dom, Dom DeLuise. It's all just parody, though, and they're all doing their own thing. It's, oh, this is this is a caricature here, and this is another one there. Look, he's James Bond. Look, he's whoever. And it never changes from that. So I understand the appeal. I understand why that would be funny. It's just, it's not my cup of tea. It's... um. I, I do think it's a bit better than Smokey and the Bandit, though. Um, it's better than Smokey and the Bandit? Yes. So here's a quote for you, by the way. That's by Bert Reynolds. So I'm just looking for this. Said about this film. Because, um, as I sort of said in the opening spiel, he got hired at the last minute because Steve McQueen died, right? Because that was supposed to be a Steve McQueen film. He says, and I quote, I did that film for all the wrong reasons. I never liked it. I did it to help out a friend of mine, Hal Needham, and I also felt it was immoral to turn down that kind of money. <laughs> I suppose I sold out, so I couldn't really object to what people wrote about me. So I have a feeling he got a fair bit of shit thrown at him, which is like this. This was kind of like one of my one of the things I was kind of tr- trying to bring to the table because I had no idea that Carson is going to be in love with this, and I was I was thinking oh, we're going to be grasping at straws in here uh, to have a conversation. Because I, I wanted to kind of figure out how, A, how did this get made? And how did this, did this make the money that it did make? And then overtook and domestically Raiders of the Lost Ark. How, how, is this hap- how is this possible? Well, that's a bit wild. I think it just plays into like, this is so relevant. And like, clearly I think speaks to a deeper like level of the American specifically like culture at the time. I mean, it was in 79, I think like the real race took place so what that's only two years um there's before more than the... one right 
I think the major one though was in '79. I might be wrong about uh, that. Uh, there was one in '79 at least. Yeah, so yes, th- yes, you're correct. Yes, it was relevant at that time. I think this is the perfect like look. And similar, like we talk about convoy. I think this look at a changing of America, an increase in law and a decrease of freedom. I mean, let me. Uh, one it was five times, by the way. Seventy-one twice in seventy-one, then seventy-two, seventy-five, then seventy-nine. Uh, boy, I really should look this up before I start talking about this. When does anyone know randomly when the oh nineteen sixty-two? So like, yeah, this is about the time because I was thinking about the Steinbeck book, and I keep going back to the Steinbeck book where he road trips around America and is like, wow, it's really changing. Like, you get a changing of the soul, and like. There was a point where I think there was a big eff- emphasis in freedom, and like you see this where it's clashing with authority. Like whether or not like it's really deep or great social commentary, I think the themes of this undeniably speaks to like the soul of America at the time. So I can see why it would be relevant, why people would go flock out to the theater, have this fun time, but also then just like get behind these characters. I get it. Doesn't age well, but you know. <laughs> I mean, in Europe, I said this is again like the American thing, right? Because in Europe, if you wanted to have a 3,000 mile trip in the 70s, you'd be uh, stuck at, at a bunch of borders half the time, <laughs> just queuing to show your passport. Um, no, but then, uh, what was there something else? Oh, yeah, there's one, one, one thought I had. Has anyone in here seen the, um, call it the original Casino Royale? Yeah, it's dog shit. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, but I had this sort of like, is this supposed to be in the same vein? As in, is this supposed to be this parody that's it's like, oh right, it's like it's like Casino Royale, but for 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 Smokey and the Bandit, which was already kind of kind of a spoof anyway. It's just it doesn't have Woody Allen for a for a villain. So, so Cannonball there... Run would have been better if Woody Allen was the villain. <laughs> I mean, if they fairness... would have ran Woody Allen over, obviously they couldn't have seen it in high, in, you know, back in the day. That movie would be the best movie. I'll, like uh, that would be the most popular movie ever right now. I'll, just, I'll put it this just way. Just plowed down by an ambulance. I think I gave Casino Royale like a one star out of five, and I and I for me doing giving a one star is a statement, right? I think this is better than Casino Royale. <laughs> I would agree. With and that then primarily, it's because it's shorter. <laughs> yeah, isn't Casino Royale like two hours? I'm, I'm trying to kind of hour thirty one. It felt like two hours. Or one, no, sorry, 131 minutes. 131 minutes, yes. Because this thing is 90 minutes, seven minutes of which is the opening credits when the ladies are driving the Lamborghini and then uh, evading the cops. And then there's another seven minutes at the, bo- at, at the end of the film with the blooper. So there's like 75 minutes of, call it content. <laughs> this also, in a sense, reminded me a bit in that sense of like Fast and Furious. We just talked about the original one, and like obviously it's changed. One was made with the intention of what 1981 or whatever. One was made in 2001. So you got two decades of difference there within like climate and culture and whatever. But like just that sense of that sense of like what made Fast and Furious such a big property at first. It was the cars. It was the people. It was the sex appeal. It was the capturing of everything, like whether or not people like to admit it or whether or not age well, like a backbone of what the culture was then to where that connected with people and people had fun with it. I feel like probably the experience with this was very similar. So what do you think? Because, oh, there's and I like both the films. So there you but go. Then, I suppose this is this the era as well, because Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first the the year of the first uh, Roger Moore Bond film? 
or maybe no because i think it was in the same year as one of the bond films oh, hold on hold on Let me this was the year of for your eyes only it was not his first one though his first one was in 73 okay so so it was tail end of roger moore era of course because yeah then Tim- timothy dalton took over in the 80s of course so but the roger moore films they were kind of in the same vein as in, as in you kind of had no idea mm-hmm. whether they're well, spoofing or not. Especially those later ones. I mean, Moonraker is just a parody, basically. I mean, really, since like The Spy <laughs> Who Loved Me. Um, yeah, I don't like that one either. My, the Spy the Who Loved the Me is the real gun start. With a three-nippled man and a, and, a, and a dwarf with a towel. I mean, So fun. If we don't cover that on Uncut Gems at some point, you're doing something wrong. Do you want to? But well yeah that's a great bond film but yeah <laughs> starting there really that's where like bond went to parody and then golden eye kind of brought it back didn't it and then like i mean the living daylights and license to kill were supposed to, were kind of like an overcorrection, right because they were kind of a bit more violent but yeah one, one uh, of the dalton bond films it's the only one to get a 15 certificate they were I think really that's like trying to, to go hardcore more... this is an action film for like yeah. audiences of a tough I... variety and then they got <laughs> timothy dalton to play bond which is just odd i, I think i think they still had really yeah. charismatic though villains that almost bordered on parody Ooh, i yeah. like it was more violent and serious you didn't have like a man with a metal jaw but like oh no no you i would still say many... those which by the way the same actor uh, makes an appearance in the second carnival run <laughs> just we it, love a king getting more out there don't we it's yeah, it's 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 balls it's balls out film. But anyway, it's... what what I was thinking when I watched this, and I mean no disrespect to Burt Reynolds, but apart from the player, Deliverance, and Boogie Nights, what is his legacy as an Smokey actor? and the Bandit, dude. Okay, apart from that as well. But really, because... like, what what did he do? He did well over eighty films according to Letterbox, and it's kind of what um, was his legacy? Isn't TV also? Have either of you seen Magnum, the? Is it Magnum PI? He did Magnum PI, yeah. Have so, either of you seen the Selleck? last movie star from I think 2017? No, I've been meaning to watch that though. It's not a good film, but I think one of the <laughs> issues is it's all about Burt Reynolds and like his. I mean, he plays a fictional character, but really, you know, it's about him and his legacy. But he doesn't have that much of a legacy, so it's very limiting. Well, that's the oh. thing. It's yeah. He, he got really famous with Deliverance. And then, what? It also Boogie Nights. It did. Yeah. He's in the much better film Runaway Train. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm I'm actually thinking about this now. I mean, I think his legacy is honest to God. I think Smokey and the Bandit, because Smokey, and, hold on, Smokey and the Bandit. I think when it released, that was a massive success. That was as well. a huge hit at the time. Yeah. And it I, had I, 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 sequels. I, I'm I'm willing to bet that it was this, this was like the highest grossing film of whenever it was like 1977. Uh, Reynolds is actually in one of Uwe Boll's films, In the Name of the King, which is just an experience. Yeah, yeah. In that the last movie star, they use clips from Smokey and the Bandit and Deliverance. So I assume those are probably two of his bigger, best known. That's what they used to like portray his legacy. Yeah. Oh yeah, so Smokey and the Bandit, by the way, it's 1977. It's Second highest grossing in America behind Star Wars, so it's kind of hard to beat. It's big, but if 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 we look at it now, contemporary wise, if if people bring up the actors, the great actors are like of the past. People say Burt Reynolds. What are they going to say? Like Juice well, of Hazard, but Boogie Nights, <laughs> The Longest Yard. I think older people would probably still say Smokey and the Bandit. 
Yeah. Um, but I have, but but I'll I'll be honest with you. I think Burt Reynolds is not a good actor. Like in like just full stop. Like, I don't I don't. Like... Yeah. He he's a person like he's from a different era. He's more of a personality. He's like he he's like an actor the way Arnold Schwarzenegger is an actor. Like you just get him. And I think you, unf- yeah. yeah. Like you don't. For him, don't... I th- yeah. Go on. Like, like it's not like he's Leonardo DiCaprio that he's gonna or Robert De Niro or, or or someone who's disappearing into characters and he's gonna be someone else on screen. No, you hire Burt Reynolds, you get Burt Reynolds, and all the best you can do is put him in a costume because you're sure as fuck not gonna not gonna see him without a mustache. You're you're actually hiring a mustache when you're hiring um you know Burt Reynolds. <laughs> so, so it's I think. I yeah. think he just really can't like, unfortunately for him, I think he was just like 10 years too late. He would have been a huge star. I think if he was just 10 years like back, he would, but then he, then he would, he would then be in this, not in the same position, but a very similar position. He would be fighting for the same spot with Steve McQueen. Sure. Right. But I think that's ultimately the spot he would have thrived in. Mm-hmm. Not saying that you would have gotten it. I mean, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're on you're you're onto something in here. But yeah, especially that they they both really kind of just loved their stunts and their cars and whatever, and they were kind of all kind of like larger than life personalities. As well. yeah, I don't. Know. It's like if you look at sort of the post Cannonball Run period of his career, all through the eighties, and then so from that point until he did Boogie Nights, there was kind of just a low. There was a real decline for him. Well. Um, is this when did he do Magnum PI? Was that time? He returned to TV for a while. Yeah, to be fair. I don't. I don't think he was like, oh, he's just struggling. I, I think like the guy was the highest paid actor in Hollywood by the time he took Cannonball Run. At the time, I think for I think he got like I can't remember five million dollars out of the sixteen dollar million sixteen million dollars this film cost to make. He got five out of this, right? Wasn't Magnum PI Tom Selleck? The guy maybe, from or maybe Tom Selleck. Was, what? We're getting I mean, maybe it was Tom Selleck. But he, it, Tom Selleck is also kind of like a Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds lookalike. Oh, Tom Selleck's the same thing. It's just he's got a broader mustache and he and he more well. chest hair. Well, that that was the the contract for that show. Was the more chest hair gets the role. So yeah, true. I, I don't know. I was talking out of my ass with this, but yeah, but you. But yeah, I I have a feeling that this this is it. As in, because like, as I said. $60 million this thing costs to make. He got five out of this for, should you not, three weeks of work? Like, per day, he was probably, like, the he's probably the best paid actor in history, like, to this day. And then, apparently, all the, all the actors in the cast, they worked at, like, three-day stops anyway. Like, it, it was weird. But at the time, the, he, he was the biggest... He was the Ryan Gosling of his time. <laughs> It's so weird, like in 97, he was Oscar nominated, won the Golden Globe for Boogie Nights, had a huge like award season, yeah. very popular. He did nothing afterwards. Just like shit. I mean, but then how old was he? Philippines. Well, still, you would, I don't know 60s. how old. Don't know yeah. if it matters how old he is. The fact that he fucking was nominated for an Oscar normally means you at least could find work that was yeah. like, relevant and decent. But you know, like Al Pacino got, got an Oscar in 1990 something for a scent of a woman, and then he sure. sta- he starred in Heat and then a few other things, and he just took a dive. 
and he became he's you know, fair, ooh, wow, of... you know, <laughs> just became a parody of himself, kind of like De Niro and um, and Christopher Walken, right? Like they all kind of just got this, got this sort of parody disease. If I'm kind of glad he sort of fell into that whole self-parody phase, though, because we wouldn't have gotten that Jack and Jill performance if not the Dunkachino. It's fantastic. <laughs> When he when he says in the Devil's Advocate that he's a fan of man, <laughs> I'm a fan of man. Like this is this is ridiculous. But that's the thing. At, at least they had yeah. the, the longevity of a career to self-parody. But Reynolds didn't because he was kind of just working from a parody. No, but then or, there's one thing. I mean, I suppose Al Pacino had the uh, the the privilege to be. Uh, to have the fourth era in his career, as in the re, the re, the Renaissance, because I think he started in Manglehorn, where they they basically he just got toned down and was already a bit more sort of subtle, and some and it's an amazing performance as well. And then in, um, it's it ends with Collins. What's his name? What's the film? Oh, Christ! I don't want to say Phil Collins, <laughs> Jackie Collins? No, John Cockner. I can't remember now. Ah. Uh, why am I blanking on this? It's really good as well. But yeah, Burton Reynolds didn't get any any sort of resurgence. Well, he, he did the remake of The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler, and then Jesus. he did... And then he died. Yeah. Danny Collins, that's the one. Danny Collins, yes, I remember Danny Collins. Danny Collins is actually good. Like, I'm not even kidding. And that's, that's a year after Manglehorn, and Manglehorn is amazing. Well, actually, you know what? Wasn't Burt Reynolds meant to be in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? He was meant to play who Bruce Dern plays. Oh, um, possibly. I think I remember that being sort of... Or at least he was in the process of maybe getting cast as him. So maybe that would have been his second wind or third wind or however many he'd had. Because he was in Dukes of Hazard film as well with Johnny Knoxville. Uh, in the remake, yeah. Yeah. He was... Yeah. See, uh, what's his name? I want to say Boss Hog, but that, that's not right. Bob Hoskins? Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. The guy, he's got a, a hat and everything. He goes, ah, oh, those Don Duke brothers are at it again. Ah, and all that. You know, it's 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 him. Boss Hog. It is Boss Hog. It is. I've not gone mental. Well, you may have. It is because apparently we we both have gone mental because we're supposed to love this film. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm, I, I'm honestly, the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm thinking maybe I should watch it again. I no, know. I'll probably watch it again. I'll be like, I still don't remember anything. <laughs> it's just... I think to be fair, though, a lot of comedies they don't really need a story as long as they're making you laugh and as long as you're kind of just there for it. That's fine. I, I do a, a, a lot of well, a story does help, yeah, but you can course along in a story like Dirty Work. Dirty Work doesn't really need a story, it's just a collection of skits that were rejected from Saturday Night Live, pasted into a film. That's all it is. But yeah, okay, I'm not gonna say call it a road trip comedy that that to me works. National Lampoon's vi- Vacation or European Vacation, even similarly, similarly lewd and, and, and disgusting at times because it's the 80s, right. But to me, it works because there's at least a story in there that's kind of you can well, I don't want to say you can follow, and it's not gonna you know, but there's a set of characters that's not like fifty of them. There's just four of them, 
maybe that's it maybe it's just i, I don't know I, I kind of feel like my went my brain into kind of just went into sort of like self-defense mode and it's like too many things attacking me at once shutting down now <laughs> but if you look at something like airplane where really the story is man wishes to get back girlfriend so steers plane that's yeah. about it a lot of the best jokes in that film are the throwaway gags where it's kind of like the guy's telling his life story and the person next to him just wants to get out of there as fast as possible. You've got stuff like playing the song for the little girl and yeah. she knocks the... So what's the story in here? As in, what's the what's the equivalent of like a guy tries to get his girlfriend back equivalent in here? There's like... What's, they try what's... to win the race. Well, that's not, a, that's not a good story. I mean, like, where's the character arc in there? Do you have the amazing race where you live? See, here's the thing. I'm a huge fan of the Amazing Race, oh, so it also helps. It. Yeah, there it also oh, goes right. Oh, We're breaking there it, it is. <laughs> Not, I can very naturally just be like, sure, you know, at least at the very least, no matter what happens, there is a race. So, it's uh, okay. We. But if I if like, I want a race with a bit of comedy in it, I'll, I'll watch Rat Race because I do like Rat Race. It's it's fun, and even that 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 just. Is caricatures go on a race, but there is a level of it that is rewarding. I think it's because it's just so out there. Like Rowan Atkinson picks up Wayne Knight, who's trying to transplant the heart. Like John, what's his name? It was the voice of the guy in the Critic TV show, the animated one. He steals Hitler's car, and there's all sorts of just random weird stuff going on that's never connected, and it just plows on through. Cannonball Run has that, but it's never like incredibly hilarious it's a oh yes he's doing a james bond thing there oh yes sammy davis jr what a riot and it's never like it never builds on that and it doesn't need to but it's the actual base of the humor just doesn't work for me which by, by the way a fun fact apparently sammy davis jr so the priests um were based on real characters as in people who were in the race because paul how uh, needham was like fucking these people are amazing let's just make make a story around them weird did you guys get any enjoyment from like seeing their various gimmicks and the various like things modifications on like how they're gonna get past the police or like go quicker not really i mean there was those the uh the jackie chan bit by the way his second film in hollywood apparently right yeah when, his second film yeah um the um the night vision was kind of like oh that's interesting is this what the um, the film with uh, the, the last stand with Arnold Schwarzenegger was was referencing? Because <laughs> the, yeah, the the cartel guy he just has night vision on in his car and he he's trying to get get away from Forrest Whitaker. Is this okay? Is this a weird sort of like pop culture point that I'm just or may, maybe I'm reaching? Anyway, no, but I I can honestly I was just I was trying to latch onto popular cultural references and I was just thinking oh like look at this Lamborghini Countach in like in. in in person because you know like they're hard to find now but yeah i think yeah that is the sign of the the big thing it is just a pop culture vehicle i i don't care for pop culture i really it's not for me it's uh, pop like, culture and there's this i suppose if you're a big car guy you'd be like oh the subaru subaru something something that the jackie chan car would be like oh that's that that's a good one or or like the um what's the, the rolls royce from like the 70s oh nice like if I suppose this there's this this is the the fast and furious level of enjoyment for like you know for car guys, maybe that's that's it in there, because we've already established that Carson loves it he loves it because he loves the amazing race. So there it is. <laughs> but yeah, because 
Also because I have taste. Let's let's be clear. Well, we all have taste. Some better than others, but you know. <laughs> it also probably does help that like you gave me zero expectations. Like you killed any expectations I had. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and- that obviously is the best way to go into any movie is expecting shit. Because then when it's not shit, you'll be surprised. And weirdly enough, it was your recommendation. Yeah, because I heard about it from like everyone doing it during COVID. I was like, well, oh, right, okay. It's relevant. It, I, I thought for a second, is this like like your childhood favorite or something like this? It's <laughs> just, oh, this being like on no. cable when you were a kid. Oh. The actual Cannonball Run event is interesting. I could do that. Not, I can't drive, but I could, I could do it on foot. I could do... The cannonball run on foot. We've established think... that you can't drive because you've, I think, on the Congo episode, you've admitted to a certain crimes. I, I hit. You'd see so many animals. Car. I've. Oh. I, I, did I tell you about the seal? The seal. I, I no. once got to. Um, do tell. Not, not drive. What do you call it? Steer a lifeboat, and I hit a seal accidentally. <laughs> it's. It was. It didn't die, but the um. It was on the coast of Scotland. We were going over the waves just regularly. I'm really, I'm glad I'm doing the hand action so all the audio listeners can see. Yeah, I feel um, this is radio, so everyone's on board with this. <laughs> so, my dad's uncle said, "Would you like to steer?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." It's, every every 14 year old boy in England, their one dream is to steer a lifeboat. So I steered it, which we going along, and then all all of a sudden we just went up in the air slightly, and all you heard was like a. And then we crashed back down. It's like my dad's uncle came back and said, do you mind if we take over the steering again? You've just hit a seal. And I said, that's not a problem. I think, and like, I what sat I'm, back down. I can't, I'm sorry, but I kind of want to speak ill about your, your dad's uncle. But but I think they he made it out to, 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 to look like it's your fault. <laughs> well... The ocean's a vast place. I could have gone round, I, I imagine. If like I you randomly encounter the seal and it's like, okay, give give us the uh, the thing back because you're clearly not not qualified. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm not qualified to steal lifeboats. However, I it was okay. Like the pigeon that was mullered by that car. That was not getting back up after that. The seal was okay. I made sure. Like I could see it just sort of bobbing. It was fine. But by the way, I think they still do. Hey, you um, know they float when they die, right? That's a myth. That's a myth. It's not, really, that's it's a not myth. really normal for them to be bobbing at the top of the water. <laughs> Did you, when you see your fish bobbing at the top of the tank, are you like, oh, cool, it's good? No, when a fish comes to the top of a tank, it's just coming up for air. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and it takes it in through its side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was there. It was like, oh, it was the ocean moving. It wasn't it. Interesting. But, but, also, could have been the sharks from underneath it eating. The there dead, are no sharks you know? in Scotland. It's too cold. Well, I think there actually objectively are. That's, <laughs> so. I think that's what that's what the uh, mayor Vaughn said in Jaws. There are no sharks in here. It's too cold. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all the animal encounters I've had um, in, in the, the past the few bas- years. The basking shark uh, can be seen off shark off yes, Scotland. There's the basking shark, and there's I think. Do we get bull sharks in here? No, they need warm water. I think they need warm water. They're yeah, but basking right. sharks, they're found, I mean, in maybe not in north of England and Scotland, maybe sort of like... No, um, I'm reading it's films off Scotland. Off Scotland? Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, because usually you see them like off the coast, coast of, like southern coast of, of Ireland and Irish Sea and sort of like Wales and whatever. Um, 
But then if you want to take part in the uh, Cannonball run, you don't, you, you can't because it's not running. But what's running is Gumball 3000. What is Gumball 3000? It's basically the Cannonball run. Um, but it runs in Europe. Oh, I, I'll do it. Oh no, hold Here's on. It doesn't thing. run in Europe. Hold on. No. It runs in different places across the world because in 2020 they run they ran between Toronto and ha- to they they drove from Toronto to Havana. So I suppose there's the going to be there's going to yes, there's there's going to be a uh, a period of being on a boat. But yeah. <laughs> okay, what I kind of you know what? There's a lot of things we could do to make our podcast stand out. I think entering the Gumball Run would be a great if we got a little team together, we trained. We drove from Toronto to the island. But I'm not That's sure if it's, if it's not like an elite event that you have to pay in. Oh, entrance fee. We have our risk. Patreon. Well, okay, Randy, well, sign. Well, you know, we need to get Randy to 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 to, to sponsor this because the entrance fee for the Gumball three thousand uh, three thousand is hundred thousand dollars American. Randy. Randy, we'll put your face on the side of the like van or whatever we use. <laughs> I will cover the entry fee, Randy. I just need some shoes with wheels in the bottom of them. I don't need a car. I just need to go. I'll yeah, be so fine if I just click. You know what? In Back to the Future, at the start when my McFly grabs the back of the truck. I would be with myself if we if we extorted this much money from 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 our good friend Randy because he's like the best best listener we've ever had. I'll record a podcast in the back of it. I don't care. <laughs> I'll watch Cannonball Two and do a podcast for it in the back. Sure. I think if if it went we for the, the crowd crowdfunding sort of situation now. Yeah. Go and you know, go fund me. We need a hundred thousand dollars, probably more because we probably need to, need to buy a car. <laughs> no, that's that's a myth. You just you, do you, we have the I don't know if you have them in the US, they're called Heelys. Oh, yeah, you, you get wheels in the bottom of your shoe, and we you just, just need fly. those. I mean, we, and we look like absolute fucking peasants because I look at the cars that are just at, at the end of oh, Ferrari Enzo. Lamborghini, you know, what is it, Huracan? I want the car that Dom DeLuise drives in <laughs> Cannonball Run. I want to do the Gumball 3000 run is in that, that the, shit car. I'm is pretty that, sure someone for the, the one of the recent... I think so. I'm pretty sure someone for one of the recent attempts at the Cannonball like, run, like not an official race, but just doing it to see how quick they can go, mm-hmm. like, reused one of the cars that someone used in the movie and like oh, nice. refitted it. Because the, it's um, like it's cool because they actually put modifications on their cars. Like they actually use like infrared and shit. Like it's wild. I mean, but they what, actually what, use do shit to avoid police. Well, possibly. I mean, I think main modifications they do. I think Hal Needham when because they use the van, like the Dodge. Is it a Dodge? The Dodge, the van that they use in the car, the ambulance van. That's a Dodge. Uh-huh. I don't know, whatever. But apparently they modified it as in they put a NASCAR V8 in it. <laughs> I was reading that there was also one that does motorcycles and they used multiple beer kegs to like carry gas so they didn't have to refuel. I thought oh, that was nice. pretty pretty See, you can carry... There's a motorcycle in this film and it does a wheelie throughout the whole film and I didn't know why. Because <laughs> a wheelie's cool. That's smart though, if you've got beer <laughs> kegs full of gas because you can store your gas and your beer and carry it along for the ride. You just got to make sure you don't mix it up. <laughs> Other than that, Unless you want to have a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you could power a bike on beer and drink gas, go crazy. I don't think it will engage the chances of winning the Cannonball Run too well. But it's worth a shot, you know. I think you've really got to think outside the box if you want to win one of these things, which is why if if I've got Heelys and I'm clinging to the back of a truck, if I can... I just water need, ski. No, I need Heelys, I need super glue, I need a rope and a parachute. That's all I need. 
the issue I okay, have is for, you still if, need the truck. This, I need an alibi. That's what I need. <laughs> I don't get what the saves because you still have to have the truck. Okay, well, yeah. we'll bring a truck as well. No, because if I glue you on to the back of the truck and I and I no, yeah, don't guys, glue me anywhere stationary. You glue the a... rope and then yeah. no, 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 tie the rope around the back of the truck. It's very simple. I don't know how you're not glue for. <laughs> I. Uh, my initial plan was to grab the back of a truck and glue my hands there. Okay. Oh, like and then over time, rebellion, like this. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Wait, so why would you need a parachute then? Because over time, that glue would start to fade, and just around the time we're nearing the finish line, I would peel myself off. The rope would be attached round me to the truck. I would fly up into the air, and be like, "Oh no!" I'd no, pull that... the parachute, and I'd be dangling. I also need a pair of scissors. Yeah. And then I would cut the rope and just glide over the finish line. All That's the a genius for the gumball run because you have to go over the ocean. Screw the boat. Just How fucking big fly. Only like, to Cuba. I mean, Can't be that, that far. 60 miles from... Because you can drive all the way to Florida Keys, right? There's a there's a road over the little islands, right? Yeah. And then from there, it's like, what, 60 miles? That's parachute That's distance. Mo- yeah, motorboat, and then you can be on your heelys. We just need to glue some piece, two pieces of wood, and you're water skiing, dude. Perfect. Can that? I'm not even kidding. Genius. Like, this genius. Okay, and then this is now on record. And if we ever do it, then I don't have another <laughs> bite. I'll spend the rest of my life in prison. I like how you said that as if like there was even a point. Zero 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 one percent chance that this would ever even become like a realistic thought in any of our minds. No, but if, if it someone, is, I if just you, thought it. If you by any chance just start a Kickstarter, you can't and then do that. We, we, we get we get money enough money to enter this. I would seriously consider taking a week off work to do this. Yeah. I, I think I of the lawsuit when we send you in propelling into the fucking Florida ocean, like the Atlantic Ocean, the Gulf of Mexico. I'll oh, waive my rights a... if that makes it easier. He's gonna die. <laughs> we get That's him to fine. sign an affidavit. Like he's gonna, he's gonna, yeah, yeah. He's gonna say like I'm totally doing this on my own volition. <laughs> like, I, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm happy if I if I don't survive. I'll That's I'll it. sign whatever you want so long as the parachute on the top of it just says watch postal. This I'll is what that. happens because we forced him to watch the Cannonball Run. It was that bad. He's willing just to go into the ocean. I, When I was watching Cannonball Run, I remember the coffee I had more than I remember the movie. I had a lovely large mocha from Greg's. I, I couldn't tell you about the movie. I love <laughs> that there's a store there called Greg's. It's fantastic. That's amazing. It's a chain. Yeah. It it is it a, a store coffee. or is it a coffee shop? It's it a, is a, it's a, a store of it's a sandwich sellers. Something. Okay. They sell baked goods. Yeah, love that. It's a hilarious story because okay, well, not, well, I don't, I don't even know if it's hilarious. Okay, let's uh, see if this is funnier than the cannonball run or not. No, we'll be the judge. I have, a, I have a friend at work who's allergic to a bunch of things, um, so she goes into Greg's and she says, "Oh, um, can I have a what was it, what was it she said? Oh, can I have a vegan sausage roll?" And then okay, and then and then she asks for bacon and cheese on top. <laughs> Just, and the guy's like. What the fuck? And she just has to. No, I'm just allergic to to to, uh, to eggs or whatever. And if you if you use non-vegan uh, pastry, then we'll have eggs. Uh, but then, like every single time she asks for a vegan sausage roll with bacon, then people give her a stink eye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I, I find myself very lucky. The only thing I'm allergic to is play-doh. So it's kind of like I can eat whatever I want. Play-doh. How yes, did you find I'm... out you're allergic to play-doh? Like playing with it, or do you have to di- ingest it? Both. <laughs> Either, really. 
Um, I suppose I it come smells out, very nice. <laughs> it's especially red Play-Doh. I come out just in a horrible rash. Just awful. I don't know why. It's as soon as I touch it, my like it just I'll wake up the next day, my hands are fully red. I don't know why. I don't know what's in Play-Doh that's doing this to me. Well, but, I'm allergic to something in like alternatives of milk, like almond milk, coconut milk, it doesn't matter. I will like my throat will close and I'm gonna I feel like I'm dying. So it's really annoying because I want to go vegan, but you know, I'm never going to because I will die from the milk. You have, you're you're cow reliant. I'm very cow reliant. <laughs> unless unless you decide if you want to go vegan, you go you're going to go like no milk for me, like at all. That's I'm a funny thought. Milk, yeah. I mean, you can. I'll go. Just... I'm vegetarian. I'm just not going to go vegan because I also like eggs, and I'm not paying that much money for bad, false, fake eggs. And in in all fairness, you're not killing any anyone by eating an egg because technically you're, e- you're eating chicken. Period. Just how I like it. You know, every <laughs> every morning I have two fried egg sandwiches, and I think I'll stop doing that now. No, I was like. Like, like as I tweeted this morning today, it's like my wife bought this sort of like substitute chicken because she wants to go healthy. And then you know, oh, there's vegan chicken something pate. Put it on your put in your on your bread. So I put salami on there as well, just to make sure it's not horrible. And then you salami know, is delicious though. Oh, oh. it is. The, them Italians, they know what's what. I'll put it this way: prosciutto. Mm. It's oh, we used to get the packets of them, like the the family platters from Sainsbury's when I was at university. I used to get a family platter. I just have that for my tea. I'd have like the prosciutto, the salami, the chorizo. Someone's oh. doing well. This costs like four pounds. Oh yeah, I w- I was living the life. I used to get paid every, at the end of every month, and I would buy a bottle of vodka, a steak, and a and a family sized <laughs> meat platter from the same Tesco Metro. Okay, it was always the same sounds like it sounds like the ideal life, to be honest. Okay, I buy the, the family platters, but I do have a family <laughs> that uses it. But I, then, <laughs> I but well, that's the thing. We used to have cracker and cheese nights at our university flat geez. instead of going out. But what that developed into was we'd have wine and cheese, and then just wine, oh. and then we would just go out. Like you know what kind of like you know you're going to like a sort of upscale university when you're just like at the end of it you develop like a gin addiction or something. <laughs> I I did not go to an upscale. I went to Sunderland. Oh god! I the oh. very first day I moved to Sunderland for university, I saw someone rob a Poundland. <laughs> you know those Russell's burgers, the plastic ones, awful things. Someone with a blue carry bag went in, swiped all these burgers that were microwave ready, and just ran. The next day I went to Poundland, they had a security guard on the door. Well, you can't risk it. Wow. You can't risk losing Russell's. I've had they probably lost before. about eight dollars of profit that day. Like that's yes, bad. They took like thirty burgers, so that's about eight dollars. No, like, if I had in, one in of profit. Those, like... Profit margins of pound of poundlands or pound shops, they're shit. Like they, oh, they lose eight burgers in terms of profit. They lose like eight p. Yeah, <laughs> it's great though because I used to go in there. I'd buy myself a Russell's burger and a Blu-ray. <laughs> it was two pound <laughs> for the whole experience. <laughs> yeah oh my goodness i mean yeah anyway i have a feeling that we're we're out of you know out of uh, out of gas on this i will say there is someone credited on cannonball run called lewis hamilton that's what there's someone on this film who plays seymour's girl is credited as lewis hamilton not the not the not the one in the same because he would have not not the f1 formula driver Lewis uh, Hamilton just, is how long? How old? I don't know. He's either like mid twenties or early sixties. I don't know. Oh god. 
Please tell me. Why are those the two options? Late early twenties or late sixties? Nothing the, in between. The, the way I look at it is, if you pass twenty five, you basically this guy, sixty. This guy's four months younger than I am. He's sixty six. So he's like old, old. Got it. <laughs> no, but then I was just thinking, like, there there are people my age who are now like running the world. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and here I am, <laughs> running the running the world, basically, running the world from say. the comfort of my uh, sitting room. Uh, I think know. that's that's always the lost highways of cinema. This is the Uncut Gems podcast. The lost highways of cinema, uh, but uh, you know, but but I'm I'm just thinking to myself, like I don't know we, when I was listening to the uh, podcast about the Conjuring, which by the way is baller because like Jack speaks for like 20 minutes about the Conjuring three without even mentioning the Conjuring three, uh, <laughs> just, and then he they, you just talk about I can't remember who this was like Scarlett Johansson for some reason I don't know what context this was in. Um, you never know with this guy, right? But and just like, oh, she's old or whatever. I'm like, she's my age. She's exactly my age. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like, I feel old. And I'm 21. But that's because people that I used to go to school with have wives and husbands and they have kids. And it's like, I've got June on DVD. That's, that's all I've got. It's terrifying, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, think about this. I have, what, how many years left? Five years left? Before, before you die well, no because i'm thinking like how how old was kennedy when he became president 41 Something i don't like. think i'll make it that far by the sounds of it i genuinely thought you were saying you had five years to live if i've no. got five years to live and i've spent an hour and a half of my time watching the cannonball run i'll be mortified <laughs> maybe he was older uh 40 144 he was so it's 44 so i still have to, still have time okay so well just about enough time to get citizenship in here i don't know I'll, at this point i'll probably have to join the conservative party because like labor is never going to win yeah <laughs> just become the prime minister <laughs> if you become prime minister are you going to outlaw the cannonball run no. not not the event the actual film i have no no qualms with the event but number two is allowed. Maybe no, it's already I'll, happened and we just missed I will it. Have, and I shit you not, I will have annual annual screenings of Congo. Same time, same place. I mean, same time and date and time as in every day. So it's sort of synchronized. And then I'm hoping the, and then the entire country will be forced to watch it. You'll you have could to convert Buckingham Palace into Congo Club. I'll say this. It's, every room would Donald play Trump. Donald Trump did a lot of bad things to our country, and fuck him. He never forced us to watch Congo. So You don't need to be forced to watch Congo. It's it's magical. There you go. It's got a gorilla this... that can speak. A real live gorilla that can Rip talk. Amy. Oh, yep. Queen of our hearts. Queen of <laughs> when when Amy dies, we need to have we need to have a bank holiday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need a week of mourning. <laughs> No, but in all fairness, Carson, you need to watch Cannibal Run too because they have a I legitimately they have a plan on it. They have a, they have Jaws from from the Bond films. They have Jackie Chan again. Not as Jaws though, to be fair. No, clear, not right? as Jaws. Okay. Not as Jaws. No. So excited. But he but he also but he also throws he throws Telly Savalas in the air and he flies away. <laughs> you need to watch uh, Speed Zone as well. That was the third one. They That's did, the third one. Yes. Yeah. What are we doing next week the, on this? And the third <laughs> one has John Candy. 
as a police officer. And John Candy was a god's gift to comedy that was he taken was. from us prematurely. The Great Outdoors is is this is his greatest achievement. <laughs> it's just... Just, just thinking about the. Why are you laughing that. so hard after saying he died? That's kind of no. Offensive. I'm just, I'm just reminding myself of that scene when they shoot the bear in the ass, and then <laughs> it's hilarious. Ah, oh, Dan Aykroyd is also not too shabby in there. Ah, oh, I miss John Candy so much. See, at the very least, Cannibal Run brought us together, invoked this amazingly fun conversation. That's what Cannibal Run's about. It's about friends it's and about family. family. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> it's about family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy shit. This is up. And then here I was thinking, oh, this is, this, this is not going to be a good episode. No, it's probably the best. <laughs> about family it's about fucking exactly you and you and gets it it's about family and that's what makes it so powerful it's beautiful and by the way vin diesel should rename himself as vin battery because you know like electric's coming so you know just saying he's very out of time now sorry (laughs) (laughs) i think the last thing i enjoyed vin diesel doing was that song he released it was actually all right I mean, Vin Diesel, I don't know. How, how are we, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, he drives fast car, and Burt Reynolds also drives fast car. There needs to be a crossover. And, oh, by the way, they wanted to have a, uh, I think at some point someone said, oh, yeah, well, we need to have a Trans Am in, in here. And apparently Hal Needham said, no, this would be too distasteful. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be fair, I do think Cannibal Run benefits from the fact that Needham Actually, you know, I think from all the Nita movies I've seen, all two of them, they benefit from the fact that he was a stunt driver because he kind of he knows what he's doing. But that, but then again, this is the only thing he knows. That's the only thing he knows, <laughs> though. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh, I'm directing now. What do we do? I don't know. There's gonna be a car crash in here. So it, it's strap yourselves in." But we shouldn't be surprised by his sort of he, he transitioned from stunt driver and director to director, and it's. Actors make that jump all the time. They're still involved with the process, so it's kind of obviously it's very rare for a stunt driver to turn director, but well, it, they're still in that circle of knowing people, networking with people like Ben and saying, "Would you like to come and do seven movies with wasn't, me?" Wasn't Chad Stahelski a stunt driver or stunt man or something? I think he was a coordinator or something right, like that. Okay. But then, that pays oh, yeah. off. It's. He- Here's the thing. In Smokey and the Bandit, they have Sally Field in as the sort of main la- lady interest. And she's amazing because she's just Sally. Sally Field is just talent. In, in here, you don't have that because Farrah Fawcett is just, yeah, I don't know. She, I, she doesn't have charisma, in, at least to, to me. She's just, I don't know. She's just, I don't know. She's very forgettable. But in the second Cannonball Run, guess who they have? And they play nuns, by the way. Isn't one, it... Um... One, What's her name from the apartment? Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, Shirley MacLaine. <laughs> you think Wearing, would you say Cannonball Run Two is better than One overall? I remember more of it, and there's a, there's a good stunt bit in there where they have because <clears throat> um the the Sheik plays a, an important role, and there's an actual plot in there, as in they're they're trying to kidnap the Sheik, and then uh, there's a, a mafia guy whose son is a um, 
let's just say a little bit not there. And there is Telly Savalas, who's who's like a like a henchman or whatever. So so there's there's this sort of plot in as the race goes on, and the sheik organizes the race. So they they they're trying to kidnap the sheik and get a million dollars out of him. And for a million dollars is like what he spends on sausages, right? So so yeah. But there's this scene where um, I think the mafia guys are in a helicopter and they have a massive magnet at the bottom of the helicopter. And they attach themselves to the uh, Rolls Royce that the Sheik is driving, and they're trying to lift it, but it's too heavy. And they, with the helicopter, you can see this in the scene. So it's attached to the car, and it drives into a tunnel with this. I'm like, fucking, how did and how did how did this happen? Did no one died? I don't know. So yeah, I have a feeling that the second one's better <laughs> than the first one because at least I remember things about it, and it doesn't have Roger Moore. And Roger Moore is just Roger Moore just annoys me. But yeah. The, the third it. one that's has it. Lee Van Cleef, so that's that's a surefire masterpiece. But then in the second one, you have Telly Savalas, who's like this sort of intimidating uh, mob boss who's just going. He he walks into a room with two of his um, like sidekicks, and then he takes a chair and he breaks it on his on, on, on his sidekick as in like as a matter of course, and he does it every time he enters a room. Like he does it like three times in the film. So you will enter a room and establish dominance by breaking a chair on his friend. And then everyone's like, okay, he means, he means business, right? Oh, and in the second one also, um, Burt Reynolds, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dom DeLuise dress as Arabian women, as in like they have veils, like this sort of like, like the Aladdin sort of like they have this sort of, you know, like they're going to do a belly dance, right? And they do a belly dance. I don't know why, I, I, but they I, do. <laughs> I, I've seen many things in my short time on this earth. I don't want to see Sammy Davis Jr. belly dance ever. Well, well then <laughs> you're in luck. If you, what you need to do is get yourself a copy of Cannonball Run 2. Or you can actually rent it because I think that one's available. Um, I'm amazed not only that Cannonball 2 is available to rent, but that a group of people bothered to make a Blu-ray of it. It's a Blu-ray and a DVD combo and, and has special features. And I think a booklet. Hold on. <laughs> no, maybe it doesn't have a booklet. Like, look at this. Look it's at a this. very nice cover for a film that is presumably quite shit. Oh no, it doesn't have a booklet. Look, Jesus, look at that. Oh, look at that. There's, there's... It's got four pages and all the words just say we're no, sorry. Hold on, it has, it has an essay. <laughs> an essay. And it's one. Two, oh fucking! Do you know how many pages this has? <laughs> yeah and also some um the spanish posters oh yeah oh yeah, you can see them see i don't know if you, if you can see that's Bert reynolds sammy davis jr and um dom de louise in in these sort of little disguise that's well that's never gonna leave my mind it's a collector's booklet <laughs> Criterion, if you ever put out an, a release of the first one and you need someone to write an essay, I've determined I can do it. I'm open. I mean, someone needs to act, because, I mean, you know, the first one is... Uh, I can't, I can't, it's medium-rare distribution. It's some very low, small, small-time small boutique sort of release. I don't know. So some poor sod's going to get it. <laughs> because Look. that one's that one's still sealed, the first one. If anyone from Criterion is listening, forget Black Sunday. We don't want that anymore. We want Cannibal Run 2 
not the first one, not the third one. We want the second one. We want the belly dance, Burt Reynolds, Sammy Davis Jr. scene in full HD. We want the commentary from anyone that was still alive at that time. I don't think there are many left, which is why it's pertinent and very important that we do it now. We've got to well, get it done. I agree with almost all that, but we don't want the second one. We want a box set of all three. Oh, that's, like, that's what I wanted to say. I raise you the box set. I want like the before trilogy. I want the Cannonball trilogy with a hundred page book. <laughs> yes. I'll raise you another. I want a Bergman box set collection of all Needham's films. I want books on each of his films. I want the whole. He hasn't made that many. He would be like the like the world of of one Karwai. That's enough. That's how many he's made. Seven. Okay, so we got two versions. We have the one that's just the Cannonball films. The one that's all of his. The the deluxe edition. You could say they could. Yeah, we can we can do both. And of course, we need standalone releases. Oh yes. yes, yes, yeah. So, and you better not make Criterion. these available on Criterion Channel. I want these available only in the box set. The, these, these are exclusive. true film fans. Should I go on Twitter and tweet at Criterion? Hey, <laughs> yeah, we, we need this pronto. <laughs> um, yeah, no. <laughs> they did actually. They released Rad in like 4K or something, and now it's really expensive. Rad? I don't get why. Yeah, Rad with Bill Allen. I, oh, they re-released it, and um, I'm pretty sure it was like. I don't know. It's, it's it's shot up in price essentially because everyone really wants to watch a film about BMX races. <laughs> and it, yeah, I don't know. It's um. So yeah, it's it's, it's a very sort of weird. But I'll I'll tell you this much: that the the Blu-ray sort of transfer on both these Cannonball runs is pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, for what it is. I mean, and I was just watching watching this. I'm like, oh, I like, like the film grain. I don't like what what's on the grain, but you know, the film grain's fucking top notch. But you know, that, there it is. <laughs> it's good that bad films get transfers, and I've still got stuff like Guesthouse Paradise or just crying out for a Blu-ray. Where's Where's the dirty work Blu-ray? I think there is one actually. It's German only though. Um. You may be in luck because like certain companies like 101 Films and 88 Films, they started releasing like the late 80s and early 90s schlock that no one wanted to touch with a, with a 10-foot pole. Uh, and they're kind of starting to release like things like Split Second, Toy Soldiers, and they're all going to be episodes one day. Because <laughs> these are honestly films no one else wants to talk about. <laughs> toy soldiers is a nostalgia trip and a half. It was toy soldiers and small soldiers were like, they were on Channel Five all the time when I was a kid. Toy soldiers for me was what Stand by Me for was for like people that were kind of like <laughs> yeah. <older than> me. <laughs> and toy soldiers is better than Stand by Me. So yeah, and also has um the same guy. What's his name? No, it doesn't have it. Same. No, Will Wheaton does it have it? Will Wheaton? I think so. Because Small Soldiers has Bruce Dern for some reason, and then Toy Soldiers had Sean Astin. That's the one. <laughs> yes, Sean Astin and Will Wheaton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Toy Soldiers is amazing. Anyway, I have a feeling. Okay, well, we need to kind of just I don't know. Unless unless you Carson, do you have like a, some like a massive statement you want to make about <clears throat> Cannibal Run because you're you're clearly a fan, and I'm never going to take you know like, I I will I will bring it bring up in court. The Rise of Skywalker against you, but the Cannonball Run, I'm gonna leave alone. This is your film now, and then you know you can. I'd much rather have Rise of Skywalker be my film. Um, no, no, you're having this. Sure, the Rise of Skywalker it. is gonna be brought up against you as evidence every single time you you like something that's stupid. Sure, 
Well, I'll take it. Um, I mean, okay. You like yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, here's the thing. Don't. It's my favorite Star Wars film. Number one, they're all shit. Um, other than Rise of Skywalker. Jacob, your booze, your booze mean nothing because I've seen what makes you cheer, you know? So, good well, on you. Um, I will say, this is a good movie. You. Check it. I'm not shaming you. You're the one shit. I was very respectful this entire time, I thought. I wondered if you were depressed because you're from the UK. Very oh. reasonable, I think. Oh. And then I was worried about my friend. You. I would consider yeah. my friend. And then I... This was very nice, and then you attacked me. So that's what I'll I say. I didn't attack um, you. I mean, it's just, I'm just... Uh, uh, the Cannonball Run is a fun film. If it's not great, it's no Jaws. But if you want to go have fun, this is so much better than like eighty percent of the same films we've talked about on this podcast. One of the best we've talked about. Go check so it out. Is this just to interrogate interrogate this logic for a second? I mean, it's not like I'm going to poke fun at you, but oh. is this for you? What Congo is for My me. name is Jacob, but I'm not attacking you. Uh, no, because <laughs> Congo is shit. No, no, but is this okay? Is this like, are you recognizing yeah, that I this mean... is a bit of a car crash, <laughs> but you like it? <laughs> well, no, because I think it's, I think it's seeking out to do something and it succeeds in what it's trying to do. Congo, I think, seeks out to do something and it doesn't work, and you can laugh at it as a failure, but you, the Cannibal Run tries to be a fun parody and it is a fun parody. I'm not laughing at it. I'm laughing with it. At Congo, I think you would probably even agree for the most part, you have to laugh at it, not with it. Uh, half the time, yes. But then there are certain things in Congo that are, sure. kind, of, that are kind of like, to me, you know, they, they, they work like, I don't know, on, 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 like on, an, on a different level. But yeah, sure. H- half the time, I, yeah, you're kind of laughing at the experience. I respect yeah. your opinion. I respect you, Jakob. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's what we do here. We're all adults, so more than others. <laughs> Some some from some some have been adults for longer. Fucking hell! But, I know, know, and it's shocking. It's weird because you would think that the older one would be more of the adult, but not the case. No, always. That's never the case. Once you weird, once, weird how life works like that. Well, once once you hit thirty, you'll be like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna be wild from now on," and that's that's how you get this. <laughs> when I was in my early twenties, I was also super serious. I was also kind of like, "Yeah, life is very serious." I'm going to take everything very seriously. And then later on, you'll be like... And then you sat down with your Blu-ray of Congo and you said... I actually don't have a Blu-ray of Congo. I have it. I just bought it digitally like a fucking savage. Why would you only buy it? Okay, we don't need to No, um, I wanted to, but um, Blu-ray of Congo in the UK was weirdly out of print and cost like 30 oh. bucks. Yeah, well, that's not good. I mean, I, I mean, wouldn't have bought it for a dollar, but, you know, <laughs> I know yeah. you like the film. I mean, 30 bucks as in 30 pounds. So that would be... 40 something dollars yeah it'd be more yeah so it's not worth it no no <laughs> uh yeah so okay so carson is it a gem yes of course ewan what's your what's your take final thoughts um no it's not a gem it's i i can only go so far with parody and parody can only go so far as a concept for comedy and when it's only draws parody, it doesn't get very far. It runs out of mileage very quickly for me. So no, it's not. A, it's not a gem. I, I'm kind of fascinated by the craze that surrounds this sort of era of filmmaking. Stuff like this that Needham and Reynolds made it all the time. I don't get it. I, I, I really did try and get my head around it and why this film made so much money and how it got so many cast members. I, I I'm confused. I'm I'm a little upset 
by how much time I spent on it. And uh, I think if, if your best jaw in a film is Roger Moore pointing a gun at an elderly woman threatening to kill her, then th- there's mom, little, by the way. It, it, it's, I don't get it. I, I don't <laughs> like, I know I don't like it. I just, you know, we, we've spoken about different, so many different films on this podcast and I've never had any trouble articulating how I feel or what I want to say about them. It's kind of just like, yes, this is good. or no, this is bad. I understand why I dislike or like something. I have no idea about Cannonball Run. I know I don't like it. I just, I, I don't know what about it frustrates me. I think it's because there's so many cast members there who we know are capable of doing good things in the case of Roger Moore and Dean Martin and stuff like that. And then nothing, nothing comes of it. Nothing. I, I don't know. It's not a gem. Oh, why? It was like trying to uh, squeeze like, I don't know. It feels like you've been constipated in there. <laughs> I don't know. I will say uh, my, my opening thoughts were like, hate it, hate it, hate it. But this conversation kind of just, because uh, I also kind of, I didn't know why I didn't like it. I had no idea. It was just, it, I didn't re- register any of this in my in my brain. It was very odd. It was very f- frustrating. And then it was very, very weird. But now having spoken to you guys about this, and predominantly to Carson, I will say, I think I understand who this film's for. And this is uh, this is primarily geared on an American audience. And I think that's part of the part of the allure of this is the idea of you know, yeah. There's the NASCAR. There's the uh, the Amazing Race. There's whatever. So there's there's a there's a cultural sort of thing that's kind of just you have to tap into. And then I'm just miles away from that culture, I suppose. Um. So so there's that. So my my take home message would be I can't recommend it to anyone, as in. Because I, I I wouldn't feel like I didn't like it, so I, I don't. But at the, in the same in the same breath, I would say I should probably rewatch this with, with this frame of mind and see whether I change my mind. Uh, because I I clearly was in a different frame of mind, and then maybe this is one of those. Especially this is a that this is a comedy that it requires a certain frame of mind, and uh, so yeah. For now, no. But I will. But you know. Never, never say never again, or something like this. Um, so yeah, with that, let's go top three. Carson, you you lead the way of top threes because you're gonna have such an easy job doing this. Top three moments, aspects, elements of the Cannonball Run. Yeah, once again, I totally forgot to do it, but this time, I think compared to all the others, it's just yeah, it's crazy to think top of my head. Uh, these might not be in order. I love when they get pulled when they convince the conversation specifically. Uh, between Burt Reynolds and the police when he's trying to tell him about the um, guys who are just as priests and they just like continue he gets so into it he's like oh I hope they have a gun it will give me a reason and they just both give each other like the stupidest thumbs up comedy gold love that Um, I think the conversation in the back of the ambulance when they're in the tow truck um, and they're waiting and it's between Burt Reynolds and the woman like I think that's weirdly like a beautiful humanistic moment Um, and then I'll just say you know all of it. It was just, I mean, I really just genuinely had like a, such a fun experience watching this film. Everything passed like minute 20. As soon as the race starts, it literally was just like nonstop fun. I was so into this film for some reason. Okie dokie. Ewan, go. Um, 
I think the best part was the. I mean, I say I don't like parody, but I, di- I didn't mind the James Bond gags where it was playing the really shit version of the theme song and it was Roger Moore just kind of leaning into the camera. It's like, oh. it, I understand that. It, it was all right. Uh, I'll hold my hands up and say that was quite funny. Um, I think, I can't remember the character's name, but the guy that jumps out the plane at the start of the film and he's singing that song that I also can't remember. Because just the actual scene of seeing like a, a millionaire, billionaire guy leap out of a plane screaming at the top of his lungs this short tune or whatever, it, 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 it did rupture something in my brain. It was fascinating. Um, and I, I guess I, 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 I've changed my third one from Jackie Chan to, it was what Carson said at the start of the podcast, it is a very simple premise and it has the right idea. It knows what it wants to do and it the simplicity of it does give it some credibility, just not much. But by the way, speaking of like when you when you were just saying about the guy jumping out of a plane, and remember that the first, the second one starts with a set piece of Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds um, gets encased in a metal thing that looks like a bomb and gets strapped into a biplane, and there's a guy singing Deutschland, Deutschland über alles. As he drops him into a uh, in, into a, like a little target in in hay, because uh, th- because apparently they told him that you know if 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 he do, if he does it, women will, will swoon over him. So that's that. <laughs> so Carson, you need to get on this. <laughs> um, okay, top three. Uh, Honorable mention because I because I, 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 I don't have like massive scenes. I have just little moments. I, I just figured I, I'll, just, I'll just say when Jack Elam, uh, so the Van Helsing doctor who is this weird eye, um, he's asked, "So oh, what's in the what's in the syringe if it's good?" And he just squirts it in his mouth. <laughs> it's just really disgusting. Um, but yeah, my first top three moments when Roger Moore's character, who's also that has a different name, he signs himself as Roger Moore. <laughs> it's pretty funny uh, when the sh- the fact that Sheikh is called Abdul bin Falafel. That's that's just a level of comedy, and it just really works for the film. I think, and also by the way, I didn't know I, I had to include this as a as a tie. Jackie Chan's character is Japanese, by the way. Did you know that? <laughs> so apparently, he was very annoyed, uh, but he still said. Uh, I think in the second one, he, when he uh, when he answers the phone, he says "mushy mushy." <laughs> This is weird, and then the third one, top three moment. This is this is how I was kind of grasping at straws when Bert Reynolds says that the ladies look lickable, and then he says, "Oh, likable." <laughs> oh, I like how you picked like three of the most problematic moments of the entire film as your favorites. <laughs> well, because the, the whole film, the whole film is problematic. It's dif- it's difficult to pick <laughs> pick stuff that isn't. <laughs> Can we just mention how we picked all those different moments, and each one's like iconic? In its own right, like this movie is iconic. It's so good. Like no, those are no moments. These are things that retained in my brain. I was like, because I was like, everything else is just evaporated, and and I'm like, not. I'm sure so. I'm not gonna put Captain Chaos on top three list. <laughs> Even the Mummy, Peace and Love, like didn't have this many fun moments that we all knew but, we all could bring up in the segment. Oh like my. this no, is I'm so just, funny. But we've the, named nine different moments there. There you go. <laughs> but not all nine will work for all three of us no um but yeah but then then again the top three moments they kind of 
they kind of would work in the concept uh, in the context of the bottom three that I would I might as well start with the bottom three then because my first bottom three is the fact Mel Brooks did not direct it because I was thinking this has Mel Brooks written all over it like it's just but then I don't know like it, it leads someone uh, of that caliber to kind of just bring this parody to all together so that it would work for me I suppose so yeah so there's that and the fact that I spent 90 minutes watching this and I retained absolutely fuck all and had had to have it explained to explained to me that's a that's a bottom three moment because I had to spot check the Blu-ray and read the Wikipedia and then speak to Carson to make sure I knew what was going on. It's not supposed to happen, and I uh, uh, and I want to see the manager. <laughs> so, and also the fact that I spent 12 pounds on the Blu-ray and another 12 pounds on Cannonball Run too because I because that's how I had to had to watch this and then. I was just thinking to myself, now I'm going to give these films like one star or maybe one and a half or something like this. And I'll have to either just sell them off at a massive loss or have them on my shelf and look at them. I know, don't like, just make no mistake. I have massive stinkers on my shelf, but these would be ones they'll be like, Jesus, they'll Next- be just. Yeah. Next time in London or next time you come to California, I'll take them. Don't worry. You don't need to throw away these pieces of gold just out like they're <laughs> fucking nothing. <laughs> so, so now I have to say, because like on one hand, I, I don't want to have them on my shelf because they, I didn't quite like them. But then, but then again, okay, maybe this will change because maybe I'll rewatch them and whatever. But, but I don't want to trade them because I don't like getting rid of, rid of Blu-rays because I collect them and then I'll have to, and then you know. Like, I, I hate tri- chariots of fire. It's on my shelf right behind me, and I and I and I'm reminded that I have them because I see them see chariots of fire spine every day, and it pisses me off. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, so that's my top three moment, top three and bottom three moments. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I mean, it's really genuinely. Can I say hard for me to like pick three bottom moments? I will say it takes too long to get going. Even though there's some iconic moments in the beginning, it takes too long to get going. It, and I, I guess I'll just say like the problematic parts, which is like a hundred of them, and I get that. But like, yeah, the racism, the sexism, you know, it's not good. It's not. It's not great. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but there's like three hundred of them. So at some point you're like, okay, that's just the, that's just your ba- the base level of comedy. And <laughs> I mean, it's a product of its time, right? Yep. So you know, like, you, you have to kind of take it with that with, with that filter because like if you want to get offended at this, like you'd probably have to rewatch Airplane and it will be massive stuff that that you'll, you'll probably have massive problems with. And then, like, I don't know, have you have you seen like Revenge of the Nerds as as an being an adult? Because I've never seen it being young, and apparently that was like the thing that kids watched in the eighties, whatever. And like this thing's problematic, like pro- properly, like and it's not even funny too. So it's just weird. So yeah. I totally get it. Ewan, what's what's your bottom three? Um, I think I'll just start off with the the broad opinion that I've come across watching two Needham films now is that I don't like his direction. I don't like his way of making films. The very they're, they're joined together. He connects the dots. That it's very bland, very just simple. And I understand that's because he's doing a comedy. But I thought there'd be like some flair or some credibility to his direction anybody could have stepped in and done this anybody but that's just one of those things where it's it's a comedy it is what it is um it's quite lowbrow the humor i just i don't i don't find it funny i like lowbrow stuff i like postal but i there's something about i i, I think it is a just a 
a geographical thing where I'm looking at an American comedy that's very, it's not even that Americanized, but it's kind of just, I get the feeling a lot with not just Needham's comedy works, but Burt Reynolds's actual comedies and his work, like The Longest Yard, like Dukes of Hazard. It all just feels very Americanized. They're relying on stereotypes that Americans will find very funny, but the UK will just shrug their shoulders at. And I think Dean Martin, who I think is a great actor, great, great performer. I do like the Rat Pack. I, what he was thinking when he thought, I want small, uh, Cannonball Run to be the last films I do, and then I will hang up my hat from acting. I, I find that confusing and insulting. Not just to him, to me also. Maybe that's what he thought was like, is that the level I stooped? <laughs> that's because he was in like, was he nominated for Oscars at some point, like in the 50s? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But to go from that to, oh, all right, you're going to play an alcoholic alongside Sammy Davis Jr., who's a gambling addict. It's, it's on the nose, but it'll do for you. Well, but then, okay, well, in the interest of complete transparency, and maybe so that I don't really come across as a total a hole. You know who laughs at the broad comedy and whatever, and just this is these are my top three moments. Like the reason these things I kind of found in the top three is like they have like these are moments of like these weird weird energy that like a Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd comedy would have. Like this is because I I love that kind of comedy, like the Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Chevy Chase, that kind of that kind of crowd. I used to find very very funny <laughs> so and then and they they were also weirdly sort of inappropriate in a ways but they were in sort of these little short punches so it wasn't like um like american pie or something like this that is just whole wholly inappropriate it would be just these moments that, that just like they just cross the line for a second and then that maybe defined who i am as well as a person because i tend to cross the line for a second every now and again <laughs> so but yeah so so that's why I kind of like when Sheikh is called like Abdul bin Falafel it's kind of like yeah that's 80s comedy yeah that's pretty much what it is uh yeah okay so I think we're, I think that's it so weirdly enough I think we've we've touched on this already Cannonball Run is not really available anywhere to stream or rent or buy I don't think at least not in the UK not in America right Carson um so uh, I'm like I've tried looking for this and it's not really anywhere, so that's very very odd. And the only no, you can get it on Blu-ray in the UK. I'm not sure if it's available on UK on in the US on Blu-ray. Uh, it might be. Um, I believe it is. Yeah, so you can you can get it on physical media. Physical media rules, and then I think if you, you don't want to pay through your nose like I did, um, we can also get the DVD like an absolute caveman. Uh, so. <laughs> So, so there it is. I got the DVD and it promptly got traded back into the store I bought it from the next day. But then trading back DVDs is just, I mean, trading back Blu-rays, at least you get a few bucks out of this. Like tra- you trade a DVD back into into the, uh, uh, what I call a sex shop because it's a CEX, right? <laughs> then you get like a pence for this. I wanted my 50p. I got my 50p. Is that which we, we have we have nothing like that around here to give, so I can give away all my f- stupid Blu-rays. You don't have like an entertainment exchange or anything like that. Oh no, this nothing. is a business opportunity, dude! Like this is amazing. 
This is a this is the best place to 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 meet unwashed middle aged men. <laughs> wow. Why why would I have to go there when I have clapper cast, you know, or uncut gems? That's what hey, we're on. I'm nice and washed. <laughs> As you can tell. And I am not middle aged. You're not middle aged, so there you go. So combined uh, though, you know. Combined yeah. we are unwashed middle aged. <laughs> So combined though, we're we're washed and young and unwashed and middle aged. So you know these are two extremes. So it's it's the best of both worlds, as uh, the great Hannah Montana once said. I do. Wise words. And with these words, we're closing our um, our episode of the Uncut Gems podcast. Where can we find you on social media, Ewan? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Letterbox at Ewan Cledo, and you can find my work on Cult Following Clapper and. That's it, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> you're not unless we've established they can fuck off, right? Yeah, yeah. they can dead trust. <laughs> yeah. I listen, I'm no longer a member of the university. I've washed my hands clean. The site died on its ass within a week. Not my problem. There you go. Yeah. Carson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, letterbox, just Carson Tamar, work buttered popcorn, clapper, and filmotomy. Well, Every single time you have it so well rehearsed, like I could just easily just say, Carson, don't have to do it. I'll just copy paste from last week. Because uh, this is, you know, this is pro stuff. This is pro level stuff. Okay. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Talk About Film. You can also find me on Letterboxd at Yaku Flash. Uh, you can find my stuff on Clapper and on flashonfilm.com. And um, you can and should also follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram at Uncut Gems Pod, so make sure you follow, retweet, and like our stuff, because it helps us develop our audience and reach people who love weird shit like we do. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at uncutgemspod uh, at gmail.com. So if you want to sound off about the Cannonball Run, the Cannonball Run 2, or the Cannonball Run 3, colon, speed zone, that's how you do it. Um, and you can also support the show with a one-off donation by buying us a coffee at coffee.com slash uncutgemspod. Or you can also subscribe to our Clapper Patreon over at patreon.com slash clapperltd, where for two bucks a month, you will get at least two extra podcasts, one classic Clappercast and one something else, either Clapper debate, because we have extra ideas. So that shit's, shit's coming, people. like the, it's, it's wild. The Patreon has opened up so much. There's creativity going on in Clapper. You have no idea. So two bucks a month. It's not too much. It's not even It's not even half a beer, I think. So, you know, get on that. Uh, yeah. So, and you also, you should follow and listen to Clappercast at Clapper Podcast on Twitter. And then from there, you can find all the platforms in there because this is a show where, uh, let's say, call it the Clappers flagship podcast where Carson goes over uh, newest releases with a panel of repeating and so let's just say uh, with a panel of recurring guests um, who are amazing people as well so do that um, because it's amazing and then be sure to tune in next week when we will be sort of staying with the theme of fast cars invading police as well uh, and and then all that uh, but I think this may get a little bit more somber I think and I'm uh, it will be weird if Carson hates it. it will be weird. But we'll be discussing Richard Serafian's vanishing point. So don't miss it. And for now, I hope you have a fabulous day and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>